Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Um, I'm just going to talk to you tonight, teach you a little bit. This is nothing going to, I probably won't have you running around the aisles. I don't think I will. Who knows what happens. But, but I just got, a, I, I was reading the Bible. What a novel thing to do, amen? Hopefully everybody is reading the Bible. Hopefully you're reading it a little bit more this month than even normal because we're supposed to. I'm hoping that some of these habits will just keep going on to the rest of the year, uh, that you'll continue reading your Bible. And so I'm always constantly, I have, uh, I'm, uh, I have the Bible on my phone, I have the Bible on the iPad, um, I have uh, Bibles in print version all over the place. I have some here at church, I have some at home. I just got the Word everywhere, amen? Because when I want to pick it up, I want to pick it up. I don't want to have to look for it. So constantly, I am looking usually on my phone, and I, I flip to the scriptures, and I just randomly go somewhere, and I just read scriptures, and then I, I try to follow it and see what happens, and I try to study it to see what God is wanting to get out of me. Amen. And so, uh, so I'm constantly just digging into the Word and trying to, you know, just find stuff. And it amazes me. I, I, of course, I've read the Bible through uh, quite a few times in my life. Um, and so I've literally read every word, but it's amazing that, that I can, will come back to it and it will all be, it'll be like brand new information. And I'll, I'll be like, wow, I didn't know that that was there, which of course I did know it was there. I just forgot. Amen. Obviously. Um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to have the kind of mind to be able to just memorize the Word of God and be able to just bring it back, you know, as soon as you want. Amen. That would be nice. Amen. But I don't have that ability or talent, and so I've got to have it like this. And so as I was leafing through the Word of God today, uh, I found some scriptures, and they kind of just stuck with me very much, and there's a few things hidden in th all these verses of scriptures, and I thought, you know, these are very important. These are things that we should think about and talk about. And so I said, well, I better just preach about it. Amen. So I'm just going to talk to you and teach to you and preach to you. Amen. My personal just Bible lesson that I had with myself today. Um, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. Um, out of respect, let's go ahead and stand. And I'll just, I'm just going to I'll pray. I'll probably read the very first verse, and then I'm going to let you be seated because I want to just kind of slowly go through this. And so I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, just leafing through everything, just reading through it. And um, it kind of started, I started to get a tug of the Spirit around verse 16. And so I'm going to read verse 16, and then we'll pray, and then and uh, we're just going to see what God has in store for us today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, and uh, just to give you a little bit of a context here, you should probably, I think, know this by now, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth. That's why it's to the Corinthians. Amen. So he is talking to believers. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Let's pray. Lord God, I love you. 
I thank you for your word. It is perfect. It is wonderful. It is for me today, God. I ask you, Lord, that, that, that I would be able to saturate this, Lord, into my soul and that I would be able to preach and teach, God, what you have given me, Lord God, this afternoon that is through this Bible. I'm asking you, Lord, right now that your presence and your spirit, Lord God, would manifest in this place and change lives. All of it in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Give someone a eye high five or stare them down with your eyeball. Amen. Do something. We will, there, and then you can be seated. There will come a day when we can shake hands and hug necks again. It will come. I promise you thee, it will come. <laughs> but uh, not yet. Hallelujah. I, uh, and I'm, I, I, I know I, I shouldn't start like this. I shouldn't start my message like this. But, but I know I'm going to just bore some of you to death right now. I pray my mom will, will at least be attentive to my, her boy is preaching, amen, no. But, but I just, in the month of February, we go through prayer, we go through consecration. I've mentioned this every single time I've been up. I, it changes some of the things that I do. And so I, 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 I'm able to put some of the distractions behind me. The stuff that is not sin, they're just distractions. So I put the distractions kind of behind me on purpose, intentionally, and I gravitate towards things that are of, of, of spiritual-minded things and, and uh, things that are just, you know, I, that's what I'm consuming. I'm reading. Um, even when I, if I watch something, it is of spiritual content. Um, my wife is probably not as extremely happy with me because I've, I've gotten back to, to really listening to all of these older songs, the songs that came from Gaither. When I married, this is why I'm going to bore you, when I married this wonderful lady, amen, uh, back in 1999, um, I was introduced not just, uh, obviously, to her whole family. I was introduced heavily to her father, and at that time, what her father did at all times of the day was he would watch uh, Gaither tapes of singing. It was his thing. Uh, on every uh, home movie of the kids growing up, we would have in the background another videotape of the Gaither singing. Amen. It's, it's what he did all the time. And so I, you know, we were there. So it'd be rude for me to get up and walk away. Amen. So I, I uh, listened to it. And of course, it was what it was. It was nice. It was great. Songs that we sing here. Um, but we don't do that. But I have found this month, my heart starting to gravitate towards some of these older songs. And, uh, I mean, literally, they've hit me between the eyes. The one that has been on my brain, I can't get this song off my brain, is, uh, is a song uh, Bill Gaither wrote, uh, Sinner Saved by Grace. That I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Just floors me on a hill called Mount Calvary because he lives. Um, these songs, you know, that that you new people, young people are like, what is he talking about? These are songs we used to sing in church. I remember, 
Amen. And uh, they're powerful, and they're coming back to me. And, 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 and so I'm, re I'm listening to these songs, and I'm reading all these different things and uh, gravitating towards me. And not all of them are apostolic grounded. You know, they're not all preaching repentance and Holy Ghost filled and shouting and apostolic. And, you know, they're not all that. But, but there's a theme. There's always a main theme with all Christianity. And the main theme is we want everybody to know the love of Jesus. And we want you to be able to personally understand what he has done for you and how far he'll go for you. And, how, and, and it doesn't matter how deep you find yourself in the darkest well, he will, he will get there. He will be in the very darkest spot of your life when, it, when, it's the, when, when there's nothing, when there's nobody, when you think there's no way out, there's no answers. The doctor is saying it's a loss of hope. God will still be in those days for you. And you don't earn it because of your talent or your ability or your name or your lineage or where you go to church. You don't earn it because of, because of the credentials you have. It doesn't matter if you're a, a preacher with the United Pentecostal Church or it doesn't matter if you're an absolute rotten, drug-addicted, uh, homeless person in the corner uh, you know, of a city somewhere. God loves everybody with the same passion and he loves everybody with the same intensity. And as much as he is smiling about you and he loves you and he died for you. He did the same thing for, for everybody in this whole world. This is that kind of the main thing that we want to be able to tell people. And so I've had a, a little bit of a, a paradigm shift in, in, in just even my ministry because I think to myself, I, you know, we preach and we preach and we preach and I get up here and there's a sermon and there's a sermon and everything and we preach about this and we preach about that and it's all good and it's all amazing and it's all from the Lord. But, but, but sometimes I wonder if we just need to, you know, once in a while just simply come to the pulpit and say, listen, for everybody out there, Jesus loves you. And he simply wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to have a relationship greater than you have right now. He, want, he, he died for you and he wants to just bring you into his arms. And so sometimes I think we just need to remind each other about this. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Because it's not about getting glory from me. Something I, I try to teach and preach to all of our young ministers. And uh, I know we have missed hearing our young ministers um, this, this past year. Because of COVID, it's been very hard. But trust me, they're, they're about to preach. I told them all to get ready. Amen. They're about to preach to you. But I tell them, it's not for your glory. We don't get up here. We don't get up here, Brother Levens, so that at the end of our sermon we get a standing ovation. We don't do that. We, we, we don't, we, we do this not because of, we do this because of the latter part of verse 16 where it says, for necessity is laid upon me. What else can I do? It is necessary 
for me to preach the gospel. Yea, and it even goes further and says, woe, woe, which, which is, a, uh, is a warning, is a cautionary word, woe unto me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Now I know, ladies and gentlemen, that it's very easy for you to hear what I just said and say, well, that only applies to, you know, so many preachers here. But you have to understand that your life preaches to everybody that you see every single day. Now, I know that you don't get up here behind the pulpit and you don't preach and you don't have a time of this and maybe that is not your per, you know, ministry, but when we really boil it down, you are a preacher of the gospel to everybody that does not have the gospel. When you go to school, you're a preacher. When you go to work, you're a preacher. Uh, when you go and you hang out with friends and they know that you are living for God, you are a preacher. Woe is unto us if we preach not the gospel. Verse 17, for if I do this thing willingly, which means no one's making me, no one's twisting my arm to share Jesus with the world. Woe is unto you, I, I say this to myself, this is not scripture, woe unto you if the only reason why you ever testify about God's grace or if you ever invite someone to church or if you ever even talk about what God has done for you, if you do it because you feel like you have to do it. If I don't do it, then, then someone's going to be disappointed. It's just woe unto us if we don't do this willingly. Why? Because, because how many knows, knows the goodness of Jesus? Anybody? Is there anybody here that knows the good? Some of you are not raising your hands, and it's making me worried because I thought you had the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Uh, how many knows the goodness of Jesus? And if you know how good he is, how can you keep it to yourself? How can you not share this amazing, wonderful thing that has happened to you? No one has to twist my heart. Willingly, I do this thing. Verse 17, I pick it back up. I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? It says in verse 18, what is my reward Verily that, when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abused not my power in the gospel. Uh, a lot of this verse that I'm reading can be directly put upon every minister, gospel leader, Sunday school teacher, worship leader, everything, because we are not supposed to abuse the power of the gospel. It is not for our gain. It is not for our purpose. It is for God's gain. He gets the increase. We, we don't get the increase. Amen. That's not the way that it works. So many people get into God because of what he can do for them. And I understand that. And let me tell you, a byproduct of walking with God is that he will take care of every single step because he is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the one that gives me all of my things. He can heal my body. He can heal my finances. He can heal uh, the marriage, the relationship. He can do that, but that's not why I serve him, and that's not why I come to him. I come to him because I've got nowhere else to go, because when I was in the world, the world chewed me up and spit me out. I, I wish someone knew about this, right? Do you remember a time when you were in the world, and the world cared nothing for you, and the world had nothing for you, but you 
you came to Jesus and God opened up his mighty arms and said, I want you, I love you, I'll protect you, I'll heal you. But we cannot abuse the power in the gospel. For though I be free, now let me remind you, the writer is Paul, who's a Roman citizen, who crucified and persecuted Christians. He is, a, he, just in your mind right now, think of someone in today's whatever that just hates Christians. I mean, would burn them up if they could. Would, would right, throw them all in jail. That's who Paul was in that day. He was the worst of the worst. He was good at it. Until he had a road of Damascus experience and God struck him down off his high horse, literally, and made him blind so that he could see that what he was doing was not right or godly. Because he thought it was godly and it wasn't. So we're talking about this Paul, okay? We're talking about someone who, who, who was high in the world, but then got, then, then got, you can only imagine when he come to town, you know, to a place where his reputa reputation would precede him, and he would come and he'd say, hey, I'm here, you know, to, to preach to you, and they wouldn't believe him at first. No way, man, I know that you persecute us. I'm not doing nothing for you. He had to win over some things. And so this is the one that says... For though I be free from all men, because he was a Roman citizen, he was free. There was no restrictions on him. Yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. I'm coming in to one of the main points I want to talk about. That I might gain the more. What's he talking about? He's not talking about gaining his reputation. He's not talking about gaining his position. He's not talking about gaining power or, or, or money. He's not talking about that. He's not saying, I want to make sure that I'm the, the, the lead pastor of the, the Corinthian church or anything like that. He's not talking about that. He wants to gain the more. And so he starts to explain in verse 20, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law is under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law, be not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. He wanted to make sure that he put that in there. That I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all, I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Paul said, I am going to understand every group along the way. I am going to have compassion, and more than that, I am going to have empathy for every position and everything. And every, if, they're, if they're a Jew, if they're a Gentile, if they're under the law, above the law, if they're weak, if they're strong, if they're dirty, if they're clean, if they're this, if they're that, whoever they are, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm going to be on their level. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to preach to them. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to use every resource I have so that he might 
the, the, the thing was gain more. This is what he's going to do to gain more. So that he's going to use all means to gain some, to win some. It, it, I, maybe this doesn't strike you. Maybe this is no big deal. Uh, but, but to me, it struck me because here's Paul, who has had one of the most fantastic testimonies, who was powerful, uh, who, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, who was the greatest missionary, greatest apostle, I, in my opinion, that ever lived. And he's like, I'm going to do everything I got to do. I'm going to scratch everything I got to scratch. I'm going to go everywhere I got to go. And, 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 I, and he's saying, I'm not doing this because I'm after everybody to, to gain everybody because I don't know if I can gain everybody. But I'm going to do everything I can do just to gain some. It reminded me of what we are supposed to be doing this year that we might do by all means, do anything we can do so that we can just gain one. Are we willing to talk to whoever we need to talk to? Are we willing to reach out to whoever we need to reach out to? Are we willing to lower ourselves to, to whatever position or to whatever scenario? Are we willing to be empathetic? Are we willing to try to understand someone's position even if their position makes you mad? Let me take my glasses off for this one and just kind of put them right there for just a second. It is one thing when we only win and we only knock on doors of people that we like and people that agree with us. It's only like when we go to work and we look around and there's 100 people working, you know, and we only witness and only testify to the one where we see a cross on their office door. But the one that has the whatever other thing <laughs> it could be, we don't want to knock on their door because we think that they're so gone. We think that, that they're, they're some, we just don't want to do it. We, we need to be able to, by all means, win some. This is why we have church services and we have Silver Saints events and we have Gap events and we have Hyphen events and we have youth events and we have hot chocolate and prayer and we have cocoa and we have this and we have that and we have Tuesday morning services and why we have a deaf church. And I just named a whole bunch of ministries. Why do we do that as a church? Because we're using absolutely every resource we can possibly have to touch every single group we can possibly touch so that by all means we might be able to save just one. It needs to be our goal that if we think that we're going to gain anything for Christ, it should be to gain someone to the love of Jesus. I want us to be able to understand that. I want us to be able to get it into our hearts. I, wanna, I want us to be passionate. We have done such a good job this month, uh, February. We've done consecration. We've done prayer. We've done fasting. Uh, if you fasted, your flesh hurts. You might be okay with it by now because you've already done this for, for quite a few days. But, but, but my flesh still hurts. My flesh still hurts. It's irritating. It's argumentative. I just don't feel right. I just don't like it. And that's how I know it's working. But we're getting ourselves in position. Not, not, not so that, that come uh, March 1st, we can just enjoy all the necessities of the world. Well, I've, I've, I've not had Facebook for a whole month. And so I am taking a vacation day, amen, March 1st, because I'm going to be on Facebook from the time I get up to the time that I go to bed. Because I got to have it. I fasted coffee, which I doubt anybody did, but if you did, God bless you. But I guarantee you at 12 a.m., that percolator is going to be working.
Or if not, come Monday morning, you're going to be like, I need it so much. I just, you know, I, I mean, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're fasting, it's human natural, amen, for us to just, but I, but I hope that's not the only thing that we're getting. I'm hoping that we're using this month of uh, February to get ourselves in the right position, which I know we are, and it'll be capped off by our revival this weekend, so that we will use it literally as a springboard to go after souls come March. We're doing everything that we can do to try to be able to get ourselves in a position of passion and purpose so that we can by all means win one. You win one. And that is gain. That is gain. And this I do. Verse 23, for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. That's the winner. The winner is the one that gets the prize. So run that you may obtain. What Paul is saying here is not that there is only one person that will be the winner. But if you run and you finish the race, if you finish the course, you are going to find a prize. And the prize is not a trophy. The prize is not a, a special position on, on the board. The prize is not a special chair. I know on, on Wednesdays, if you want, I know on Wednesdays, the uh, first Wednesday or so, we give out candy to the kids that do change. If you want to, if you win a soul, I'll give you a candy bar. I mean, I'll bring you up here and we'll do the same thing. We'll get you a candy bar and, and I'll get you a McDonald's. Absolutely. You just tell me what you want if, if that's what the prize you're after. But that's not the prize that we get. The prize you get is seeing that life transform. Come on. Anybody, anybody seen that? Anybody ever seen someone's life literally just transform? They, they were something else. Come on, let's go farther. Anybody remember being that, amen? You, you just remember being something else, but then God's love came upon you, and it changed you, and it made you something greater. Not that, that you're better, but that in God's eyes you're closer. Isn't that the most amazing prize you can have? So run. You got to keep running. You got to keep moving. You got to keep doing so that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Ours is not, we're not looking for crowns of the world. Verse 36, 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 
Paul is just saying, hey, I got to do all that I can do. He went through this whole chapter saying, I got, I got to preach. I'm called to preach. It's the necessity to preach. I, I've got to do what I got to do. I want to be close to whoever I need to close to that I can win people by all means to be able to win some. I've got to do all this stuff. I'm not after a, a crown that is corruptible on earth, but an incorruptible crown, the one that God gives. I got to do all this, but I've got to make sure that I keep myself in subjection. I got to make sure that I watch my own walk with God. It, 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 it's amazing. I, and I know that this is crazy, but I wanted to bring it up. I, you know, because it's in the Bible, and, and sometimes we don't think this happens, but sometimes people will go after someone with the intent of winning them to God, and they get too close to what's in this person's life, and they don't have the strength, and they did not have the awareness to be able to protect themselves, and instead of winning that person, that person won you to the world. Paul's saying, I got to do what I need to do to make sure that as I'm preaching to people and make sure that when I'm given and when I, I'm ministering, I got to make sure that I am also being ministered to and that I'm also keeping in my repentance and I'm also dying daily and I'm doing what I can do because guess what? It makes no sense to win the whole world. It makes no sense to win the whole city and you be lost. Isn't it amazing, and, and, I, and I hate to say this, but it's just reality. People that are living for God now, and the person that won them is backslidden. There's a song, uh, we used, it used very popular many years ago, called Thank You. Talking about when we get to heaven, someone gets to heaven you know, not, not really thinking that they did much, not really thinking that they really impacted anything. And then in heaven, there's a line of people waiting to say thank you because you gave. You, you picked up someone from Sunday school. You, you spoke a word into their life. You, you, you dropped an offering into the plate for the missionary, and that helped the missionary go and win someone. So, you, you know, a lot of you, some of you know the song, some of you don't. And, and, and so it's all about that. It's all about, about thank you. Thank you for, because what you have done, you didn't even know that you did it, but it made such an impact. And I, and I think to myself, and, and I look out on this crowd, and, and, and I'm almost done, and I think about it, and I look back over there to, to Brother Larry right now, and, and, I, and I think about all the people, amen, that Brother Larry has picked up. Uh, in the van, and I think, and I look back, Sister Regina, who did the very same thing. I, I remember me and Molly was talking about when we, when we had a youth group, when we were youth leaders, our, our youth group was mainly consisting of people that was picked up by the bus. It, it, so when, when you get to heaven, when you make it, there's going to be people there. I don't know if this is exactly the way it is. This is the way the song said it would be. But, I mean, it seems really nice. It seems like a nice touch to heaven, doesn't it? Amen. That when you get there, people are going to come up to you and say, you don't even know who I am, but I came to your Sunday school once. I, I didn't even stay long, uh, but I came into your life, and you spoke Jesus into me, and it started a fire. I think about the, the kids that stayed with you, Sister Cammie. Think about those kids that you shine, you, you gave them a little bit of Jesus, and who knows? 
Who knows down the road? And, and, and I think about that, how awesome it is, but then I think about how sad it would be when the person that, that helped you didn't even make it. I don't think now in heaven there's no sadness, there's no disappointment, there's no crying, so you're not going to be around, you're not going to be sad about it. But, 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 but I have to tell you that, that I believe that in hell, uh, and I think the Bible backs it up, I think in hell you're going to have great mentality. You're going to be able to think about what you did and where you are, and I think you're going to know. And what, a, what an absolute disaster time. Sure, the pain will be miserable. The fire will be miserable. All that stuff will be miserable. But more miserable is the fact that you're there, and the people you taught and preached to are somewhere else. Oh, that, that will make hell even worse. So Paul said, I got to do what I got to do to make sure that, that I am doing all that I do. I'm not a castaway. So as I get ready to close, what I want to do is ask you and talk to you about you people who minister, you leaders, singers, media people, sound people, ushers, security guards, greeters. We're so busy doing something. Please take time to be ministered to. It's not just about working for God. We have to live for God. I remember that story in the Bible. I, don't, I, I, I didn't mean to bring it up, but that story in the Bible, uh, who these people came and said, man, we've done all these amazing things, you know, in your name, Jesus. And he said, but I don't know you. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be hard if we spent all these years in church preaching and singing and teaching Sunday school but never knew him? And so take time. Take time to make sure you're preached to. Make time you have time. Make sure you have time for worship. Make, make sure you're not the only one. And I've got to do this myself. I've got to do this. My, I have to be preached to. I've got to make sure that I, that I die daily. I've got to make sure that I'm looking at myself, not just, you know, trying to be poured out, but I've got to have it be poured into me. Brother Seth, if you could come. I need the Lord to pour into me. The love of Jesus is a powerful thing. The love of Jesus is a powerful thing. And as I mentioned kind of in the beginning, that song, Sinners Saved by Grace, boy, doesn't that just classify us? Maybe you don't think yourself like that, but I sure think of myself like that. At the end of the day, that's all I am is a sinner saved by grace. If it wasn't for his grace, where would I be? I wouldn't be anything. I wouldn't be worth anything. God, God, God would, but he, he looked, it reminds me of that other song, he looked beyond my faults. He saw my need. Let's all stand. with love in my heart, with the Holy Ghost <laughs> prompting me to do it. There are people that go to this church and right now you are not taking advantage of the love of the Lord. You're not taking advantage. You come to church, you're faithful, you're wonderful people, you're fantastic people, but you've never, you've never started to have that relationship with the Lord as he wants you to have. The relationship that starts with repentance. 
which is just an awareness to say, guess what? I'm just filthy rags. I'm just filthy rags. And I'm so ashamed and embarrassed of the sin that I've allowed in my life. And so I turn away from my sin and I walk towards you, God. That's what repentance is, is just turning away from sin, turning away from the things you know is sin and walking towards God. And then, then allowing to be baptized in his name, in Jesus' name, which is the only name given by Scripture. Amen. And then been able to then have the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anybody remember when you got the gift of the Holy Ghost? And it came in like a mighty Russian wind. We, we, we know that that Scripture is true in the upper room because I've experienced it for myself. That mighty Russian wind came in and felt like fire all over me. That is the kind of experience God wants for every single person under the sound of the, my voice and everybody that's watching online. But some of us, some of, some, we have people here that do not have that kind of relationship with God. And, and God wants you and he wants to know you in the most full way possible. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your all in all. And I believe God is calling us. I believe in February, but God is calling us to a closer walk with Him. You know, my prayer this February has been not that God blesses me with talent or riches or really even revelation, to be honest with you. I've just said, God, I just want to get close to you. I want to get as close to you as I can possibly get. I want to know you like I've never known you before. I want to get close to you. And I think God is calling us for a closer relationship with him. And so I'm a, I want to open up this altar. And I want us to just find a place to pray. Please find a place to pray and just